This is PJ Ewing. You're listening to Lester the Nightfly. And we have a guest, and I'm so excited to welcome Jim Page to the show. We're going to have a lot of fun, Jim, talking about your music and uh, your world. Welcome to Lester the Nightfly. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Have you really? Come on. Yeah, oh, be yeah. honest. Oh, yeah. No, I have. <laughs> no, I have. Yeah? I've been checking right. you out. Yeah. I'm going to try to make it worth your while. I'll tell you. I really mean that. I really have enjoyed going deep on your work. And for me, it opened up uh, music and lovely melody and violin and guitar and your voice, but it opened up stories mm. and events and mm -hmm. things that my 56 years somehow didn't educate me on. And, uh, and I was on Wikipedia 50 times. I was looking up videos and trying to find out who the daughter of, you know, Chief Seattle was oh, and what's, what happened in Palestine and who died and what were they protesting. And you sent me in so many directions through the various songs right. that you shared with us on your playlist that I'm really excited to hear your interpretations of some of this work. So it's okay. going to be going to be good. I, I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll try to live up to that. It's a kind of a big setup, Jim. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Well, let me do the softball stuff right now. Okay. And that is, hey, Jim, tell us a little bit about you and your career and what you're all about. I ride 27 lines of buses down the alleys past the houses where the watchdog watches out for strangers on the loose. I pick an address off the sidewalk, pick my way in past the padlock where the hot wire burglar alarm is sucking up the juice. One man's law to the man's crime, it ain't nothing but a sign of the time. A dirty son of an L.A. DJ, hot rod racing down the L.A. freeway. Wrong but a life journey, actually, is, is what it is. Um, it began as a way to save my own skin, basically. You know, uh, I'm from California. I was born in 1949. That's right. Uh, my dad was a NASA engineer. My mother was, she was a mother. She was my mother and my brother's mother. And then she was also uh, a school secretary a few times. I grew up, uh, you know, in a housing development, kind of middle class. I, I describe my, my father as a light blue collar worker because he was, he was an engineer at NASA. He wasn't like, you know, driving a school bus or something or digging ditches. So I had a really bad stutter. And it was almost, I couldn't, like what, I, we're, what we're doing now, I wouldn't be able to do it without putting on an act. But I discovered quite by accident that if I held a guitar in my hands, I didn't stutter. And if I, if I put things into verse um, and I could sing them, then I would not only stutter, but I wouldn't lose my train of thought. 
and I could say things that I ordinarily couldn't say, all, all the obvious stuff. And so it became something that I did. And I first time I went to a coffee house was in, boy, 65, 66, something like that, a little place in California called the Brass Knocker. And uh, it was tiny. I mean, it was tiny. But you go in there, and, you know, the first thing you notice is that nobody, you know, nobody is bothered by you. And the second thing you notice is that there's somebody on stage doing a song like, If somehow you could pack up your sorrows and give them all to me. somebody my sorrows you know it was like the welcoming sort of 60s folk scene thing so i i automatically something in me woke up and everything changed and you know there was like before the coffee house and after the coffee house before the guitar and after the after the guitar and i just i just never looked i never looked back and quite accidentally learning that i could improvise um not that i could make sense but i could improvise and that meant i could rhyme things in a rhythm of some kind to my guitar and I, I, I discovered I could do it first in California before I left and then again in New York City sitting outside the kettle of fish on a milk crate in summertime 1970 and I could gather like a really big crowd but I didn't know what to do with them because all of my songs were sensitive indoor songs right you know and so you know whatever so I just would stop and everybody would wander off and then I would gather a crowd again. I was, I was doing it by um, rhyming about people's shoes and purses and jackets and pants and things, the color and everything, making it all rhyme. And people stopped like, wow, look at this guy. Like me she had seen 
I never counted, she said with a grin. I looked at my hand, said I see what you mean. I heard her say as the night was wearing thin. She'd printed my name on the bottom of her shoes All those who pass by, they can never win But those who come in, they can never lose attention to you in a very particular way because you had now started a conversation and you were getting kind of personal in the way. That really is in your music to this day because as I was listening to the various observations you were making, they were sometimes political, sometimes about love, sometimes about life experiences, about um, a, a boat. I mean, so many just observations about the world around us. And in one of the songs somewhere along the way, you said the word something along the lines, we don't have a lot of time. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, put it down, yeah. You've taken the time that you've had with us on this, in this world to this date, and you've, you've applied your skills and your observations, and we get to hear them. And it's really fun. <laughs> well, thank you. Your dad was in NASA, and you came, came out this way uh, to New York briefly, then you went to Seattle, and you were very involved in street singing, you began recording, and then I think you were you made some trips to Ireland. Is that is that right? Well, yeah. Well, first I went to England. I was uh, on a dare. I sent a record over to the organizer of the over to apply to the Cambridge Folk Festival. And the organizer, who I got to know later, was a retired fireman. Um, something he liked me for some reason, and he thought, let's give this guy a chance. And so they accepted me. And the money that they paid, I don't. I think it was less than my airfare. But what I wanted to do, because, you know, of the way I'd been living and working, and the, the way that I booked my, my airfare was I got there a week before the festival. I think it was a week. It might have been two weeks, but it's probably just a week. And a week after. 
a week before the festival so I could get to know the, the culture and the people and you know so I when I got on stage I would have something to say because I knew where I was and then a week after to take care of whatever you know loose ends might have developed and and that was fine for me but but the I stayed at the organizer's house his name was Ken Woolard Ken and Joan Woolard wonderful human beings they're both gone now but my goodness really um anyway um Ken was worried that you know he's worried about me because I was you know <laughs> he worried about me because he would have to be taking care of me probably because I was there for a week he didn't know how I did things so what he did was he made me the and I still have the card to prove it the, I was the official Cambridge minstrel and I had a little briefcase that had handbills and stuff about the Cambridge Folk Festival and I would go around town and and I was able to play in places like the Lion Yard and stuff because they had this this card from the Cambridge Council that I could show to any any officer that came along and said you can't do this I showed them the card it was official and yes I could so I did that and then I played the festival and I got a couple of agents out of it Danish agent and an English agent and got kind of started my on the road thing and that led to me going to Ireland and that led to me you know a lot of other stuff so that was how that happened and you know all the way along the line the lessons of playing on the street there are two ways you can go on the street one is you can implode into yourself and just kind of figure well I'll never get out of here this is all I do is I stand in a doorway and I'm you know I'm a panhandler that's you see people doing that and that's a shame because you're not panhandling you're you're you you're, you're you're jumping in the middle of life you're jumping in the middle you're swimming jumping in the middle of life propping up like a you know like a, a one of those events where they do pop-up events and you're playing to whoever has the ears to hear and the eyes to see and sometimes there's nobody and sometimes it's a lot of them but you can't take any of it personal and it's all beautiful and especially when it works so those lessons i sometimes forget you know everybody does we all do but when i remember them they help in almost any situation i ever find myself in you have a new record coming out and this is this show will come out right about the same time as that that new collection and i'm excited to share a few songs so that'll be really fun but we also have a lot of music that you have brought to us from past records that we're going to go through and talk about briefly but i want to start out jim I want to throw you a curveball right mm -hmm. out of the okay. gate. Okay. Okay. So we're done with the softball. We're done okay. with it. Yeah. This is this is serious now. Okay. We're we're getting <laughs> real. I'm taking the taking the gloves right. off, and um, that is somewhere along the way I saw that I think you said the words. My favorite song is the Midnight Special. Oh sure. Uh -huh. Would you would you stand by that still maybe? Yeah sure. So I wanted to play to start us out to get us in the mood and get our audience excited about what we're about to do. Something that isn't yours, but something that you yeah. love. Uh, the Good. question is, do I do the CCR version, the Lead Belly version? What version of Midnight Special should we should we listen to? I like the Brown and McGee and Sonny Terry version the best. I think Sticks McGee was playing Bones on it. So it's brownie and sunny and sticks. I love the way the groove goes. And it's so, yeah, I just, that that's my favorite. That's my favorite version. <laughs> Great. Well, let's listen to Midnight Special right here, right now on Lester the Nightfly. Midnight Special 
Shine the light on me. Let the midnight special shine ever loving light on me. Y'all come, Mrs. Rosing. How in the world do you know? Well, I know about it, fun and the dress she wore. Umbrella on her shoulder, piece of paper in her hand. Where's she going to see the governor? Just to Lisa, let the midnight special shine the light on me. Let the midnight special shine the ever loving light on me. Well, when you get up in the morning and the big bell rings, go marching to the table. Find the same old thing. No forks on the table. Ain't nothing in your pan. If you say anything about it, you'll have trouble with the man. Let the midnight special shine the light on me. Let the midnight special shine the ever loving light on me. Houston, boys, you better walk right. Well, you better not squabble, and you better not fight. That cop will arrest you, he'll sure take you down. You can bet your bottom dollar, you jailhouse. Let the midnight special shine the light on me. Let the midnight special shine the ever loving light on me. Morning and the ding dong ring. Go marching to the table, find the same old thing. Flapjacks and molasses, and that's our belly fat. If you say anything about it, well, you won't get that. Let the midnight special shine the light on me. Let the midnight special shine the ever loving light on me. All right. I was standing at the station when my baby got on board. I was standing there begging, baby, please don't go. When that train was leaving, Miss Rosie inside. I couldn't do nothing, hang my head and cry. Let the midnight special shine the light on me. I let the midnight special shine the ever loving light on me. Let the midnight special shine the light on me. Let the midnight special shine a heaven loving light on it, it's it's perfect. It's a perfect song. And I don't use like to use that word because it's you know, the word perfect is like the word eternity. Neither one of them exist. <laughs> but we use them anyway. Each verse is a complete story and picture in itself. It's connected with a chorus that kind of from the outset doesn't seem to have anything to do with the verses, but it's a very positive, hopeful chorus. It's looking out from darkness. To begin with, you have a woman who's got a parasol, and she's going to see the governor, and she's going to get her man released. Released. That's a clue, but it doesn't tell you that much. And then there's the midnight special, blah, blah, blah. And then there's waking up in the morning and finding the same thing to eat every day. And there's different versions of that. 
Sometimes it's like uh, there's nothing on the table, nothing in the pan, but if you say anything about it, you'll have trouble with the man. Sometimes the way Brownie sang it was uh, flapjacks and molasses and sow belly fat, and if you say anything about it, you won't even get that. It was always kind of like, because I like the sow belly fat thing, but, you know, whatever, it's the same, it's the same uh, point it's making. And, and you're beginning to figure out where the song takes place. They're all verses from experience, I guess, but the last verse is the one that said, hey, you better watch out, kid. Where it says, if you ever go to Houston, you better walk right. Okay, it's like a, it's a cautionary thing. Now, there's another verse that Lead Belly did about my very long time, which I, you know, I, I just, I, I never, I never got it. I never got it into my head to sing that verse because I loved Brownie's version. You put them all together and you have a song. It means something to somebody who has been inside, inside county jail, inside prison, inside for a long time, inside for a short time, doesn't matter been inside and it also is beautiful and meaningful to somebody that doesn't even know what you're singing about you see and it's done in such a way that if you listen to it more than a couple of times you'll begin to ask questions like what are they singing about and so it leads you into learning things so it works on three levels at the same time which is phenomenal it's just such a beautiful it's a beautiful happy-go-lucky melody i'm sorry considering the subject matter and all that it's like why are you singing it like that? Because if you sing it dreary and dark and brooding, nobody will ever get out of prison. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. you've got to walk with your head held high and you've got to walk to a groove. And I remember uh, uh, Taj Mahal talking about this, the people's histories that were sung in Africa. And it would sometimes take three days to sing one song. I dare you to tell me my songs are too long, right? And he would also talk about the first time he heard somebody playing the thumb piano, you know, and he thought, oh my God, I could walk across country to that. That was, those weren't the words, but that was what he said, you know, because of the groove of it, the lightness of it, the beauty of it, you could walk to that all day. And the Midnight Special is like that. You could walk to that all day. You could do your time all day. You could do, it's getting you out. It's singing about being in there and it's also getting you out at the same time. It's, it's an amazing song. You know, I could go on, but I'll stop there. I love this, and I didn't know that song. I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you, and I'm so excited that I do now. Um, that's beautiful. There are lots of versions of that piece, as you've mentioned, but um, I'm so glad we got to start there. Well, supposedly, supposedly the, 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 the legend that the, the song is based on is that there was a train that went by every midnight, and if the headlight from the train fell on you, you'd be paroled soon. That was, that's the legend, and I don't know if that's true or not. I see. You I know, see. but I wouldn't doubt it. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Well, we started there. What a great place to begin on our couple shows here with Jim. We're going to talk further about... Um, his music right here on Lester the Nightfly, a radio show that runs all over the place. And let's begin, Jim, with your work, Gasworks Park. Okay. Um, this is from 2004, the record Seattle Songs. I just want to say before we hear it, I love this song. I love the video that you shot. It's the sublimely beautiful. Let's listen to Gasworks Park, and then we'll hear Jim talk about it. Thank you. 
the park in the evening Do a little talking in the dark of the evening Just she and me See the way the moon flies Like a kite up in the night skies Shine upon the gasworks parked by the Union Sea sign in the water Says don't go in the water There's something in the water that they don't want you to get on your skin Oh, but the lights of the city Make it look so pretty And one of these days we're gonna leave the city behind And there is little to be what it appears to be It's an illusory situation You can do anything, be anyone, get your mind undone It's a simple equation And it's a tiny spark In the gasworks park
video is worth watching. I have a copy of it on Lester the Nightfly uh, website where we have this show. So when you visit LesterTheNightfly.com and you find the Jim Page episodes, you're going to see uh, the video as well right from YouTube. It's really worth looking at. It's a lovely, lovely moment in time. Your wife filmed the video, is she that right? She did. Yes, Katie filmed the video. She's got a really, like, almost like a natural-born ability to see and to um, arrange visual things and to, you know, get things right like that. It's just, those those kids that were rolling down the hill, that that, that just kind of happened on, on its own. A lot of people think that was staged. It wasn't. They just rolled down on It their could own. have been. It could have been. It was so beautifully arranged. And the, right. the voices in the background, the joy, the, right. the families walking around, it could have been a set and a stage right. thing but of course it wasn't it's just no it's, it's just lovely really really beautiful what a situation what was the lyric see the way the moon flies like a kite up in the night skies right. is that right You're right just right. sublime um I, I know i i got emotion i got a moment out of it i didn't really study the lyrics to be honest mm -hmm. it was more of just a feeling that I, I felt when I when I heard that song. Just a, a beautiful piece. What what guitar are you using on that? On that, that is a, a 1965 Epiphone Texan. And it's a really nice guitar. It was given to me by an old friend. Ah, right. Beautiful. Well, that's, uh, that's the first piece from Jim, um, Gasworks Park. Let's keep going. We've got a lot to get through, Jim, so okay. we want to roll along here. I have next, I'd Rather Be Dancing. This is from 2006, the record head full of pictures mm -hmm. yeah let's listen to that and then we'll talk about it you know i was always the one i could never stand idly by I watched while the bullies beat up on the weaker ones I had to do something to try And I never gave up on people That we could be better somehow Morality's compass, you gave it to me And I still follow it now Well, I couldn't stop thinking about it I couldn't get it out of my mind the pictures, the stories, the plight of the people in occupied Palestine And how my government makes me complicit With the political aid that they send So I packed up my bags and I headed to Rafa To work with the ISN And I'd rather be dancing Dancing and falling in love But if I can just watch from a distance And what am I made of? Mama, these people are so good to me They treat me like I want of their own They feed me and see to my needs And let me sleep in their homes And Papa, their lives are so hard The gunshots every night The strip searches, roadblocks, humiliations Papa, it just isn't right I can feel my privilege around me This air in my American face I could wave my passport around Like a flag and I would be safe in this place For these child soldiers of Israel They look like the boys back home 
And if it wasn't for American money, they'd have to leave these people alone. And I'd rather be dancing, dancing to Pat Benatar. Oh, but somebody has to do something about it, and here we are. Taking a stand, but it's dangerous running away. Sometimes you have to face up to the danger. There is just no other way. But there are such beautiful dreams I have seen in the eyes of a child. If I can just make one little difference, then I think my life is worthwhile. And I'd rather be dancing. But instead, I'm saying goodbye. But we'll meet again when it's over. Don't cry. And I'd rather be dancing. Surely we'd all rather be. And someday we'll dance in a world that's peaceful and. Uh, we've moved from the sublime and lovely in moons in, in Gasworks Park to something extremely serious. And I didn't know that until um, I started watching some interviews with you and then learning about this, this terrible situation and story. It's a woman named Rachel Corey. I would want to just leave it to your words. Can you describe what happened, if you don't mind, and then what inspired you to create this beautiful tribute, really? Oh, boy. How do I say this? If you want to tell a story of a tragedy, but you want to give honor to a person or a people in that tragedy, then sometimes the best way to do it is to tell the story to a beautiful melody, okay? So that the beauty is there no matter what you say, you know? And it, and it helps you to tell the story in such a way as to bring out the sort of thing that you would like to see encouraged in the world. Um, I was in Northern California when, when Rachel was killed. And she had been an Olympia uh, Evergreen student. Evergreen's the college out there. And she'd been a student out there. And, 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 and I played in Olympia a lot over the years. And, you know, I, and I, I thought she probably came to see me. And I probably might have even met her. So it becomes kind of personal. And at that time also, I was... I was listening to a lot of rap music because uh, the rap artists had insisted that we talk about reality. 
and stop avoiding it. So they were forcing the issue. And so I was listening to a lot of that. And Ice Cube, I remember reading an interview with him and he was he was working on a, a play, I think it was. I love the name of it. The play was America Eats Its Young. And I thought, wow, I like that, man. What a good observation. Rachel Corey was American and she was killed in Palestine, run over by a bulldozer built by Caterpillar Tractor, which is an American company. America gives, you know, an enormous amount of aid to the the militarized state of Israel, which is occupying Palestinian land. It's a very contentious thing. And I don't want to get into some of that stuff because it gets heated and, and you know, I understand. I understand. Don't, don't worry. But some things are unavoidable and that much of it is unavoidable. And she she went and she had to join up with the ISM, which is the International Solidarity Movement. And one of the main things that they do or did was to go there and see things, to be the eyes of a, of a blind spot, you might say. And so there she was, and she was wearing a bright orange vest, and she was carrying a bullhorn, and she was, she was standing in, in between a militarized Caterpillar tractor and the house of a pharmacist. Okay, and it was going to knock the house down. And she was right there, and, and she wouldn't move. And the Caterpillar tractor ran her over. So to me, it was like America kills its young, even if they're in another country. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to approach it. Okay, I didn't know how to approach it. I just I wrote a poem is what I did. That's all I did. I wrote it walking around in, in, in Mendocino. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm, I'm home in, in Seattle, and the phone rings, and it was Christy Moore on the phone, believe it or not, from Ireland calling me up, asking me if I had written anything about Rachel. And I said, no, I haven't. Have you? He said, no, I haven't either. And I said, well, I wrote a poem. He said, well, I wrote a few lines. I said, okay, I'll read you my poem if you read me your lines. So we did the back and forth. I read him a poem, and the lines he read to me had the line in it, I'd rather be dancing to Pat Penatar. That struck me. There's something about it that just completely, like, grabbed me, because that's a real person talking. Okay, that's a real person. That's not somebody with, with an arm full of pamphlets and a, you know, a radical newspaper haranguing students. That's a real person. So I asked him, where did you get that from? Uh, maybe, you know, where did you get that line from? And he said that was from her emails to her parents. You can read them online or some of them online. So I said, great, thank you. So I went on, I found it. And it was in an email that she wrote to her mother in which she described the situation and, and how sad it made her feel and, 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 how she would, and how she would rather be dancing to Pat Benatar. But until she felt like she'd made a difference for these people, she was going to stay, stay right there. That's what she said. So I wrote a song using that as the through line and the heart of it. And I made a conscious decision not to use her name. And the reason was, again, harking, harkening back to the Midnight Special, the song should work for an insider and an outsider because it should be about the idea rather than the person. It should be about what she did rather than who she was that did what she did, if that makes any sense. I wanted something that would stand on its own, that a person who didn't know anything about it could say, my God, that's a person, you know, because it's a, it's a song about putting yourself in danger, about standing for your principles, about loving humanity to the extent that you would put yourself aside. 
for it, you know. And so that's what I did. And a few months went by, and I was asked to go down to Olympia and to play at this event uh, for her, and her parents would be there. And I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, this is, you know, because I'm singing about their daughter, and I'm, I'm quoting her, and I'm singing in the first person as though I was her. And I thought, they have every right to walk up and say, how dare you? You know what they do? And so all I can do is sing the song as best I can and take my lumps. But they liked it. Rachel Aileen Corey died March 16th, 2003. Uh, it's worth looking at for everyone listening. Uh, you know, go to Wikipedia, go online and explore a little bit and you'll, you'll see the story there. I mean, it's, it's tragic. And there are photographs of her after uh, being killed as well. It was really, it's a little bit upsetting, but yeah, yeah. Here we are in 2022 talking about this, and that's because of your song. We're moving on to another song called Collateral Damage, the record Collateral Damage. It's 2002. Tell me this, Jim. Mm -hmm. I want to play Deportee, yeah. Plane Wreck at Los Gatos. Yeah. Should we hear your song first, or should we hear the, uh, the old protest song with Woody Guthrie? Which one? Well, I'll leave it up to you, but I would play Deportees first. Okay. Because what I did was I, I used, I still play that song sometimes. That is a monumental song. We'll listen to Arlo Guthrie, Deportee, Plane Wreck at Los Gatos. And then um, we will listen to your song right after, Collateral Damage. So we'll have them back to back and then we'll talk about it. This is PJ Ewing. I'm here with Jim Page. You're listening to Lester the Nightfly. Crops are all in, the beaches are rotting The oranges are piled in their creosote dump They're flying you back to the Mexico border To pay all your money to wade back again My father's own father, he waded that river they took all the money he made in his life My brothers and sisters come working the fruit trees And they rolled the trucks till they took down and died Goodbye to my one, goodbye Rosalita Adios, mi amigos, Jesus y Maria you won't have a name when you ride the big airplane And all they will call you will be deportees Some of us are illegal and others not wanted Our work contracts out and we have to move on 600 miles to the Mexico border They chase us like outlaws, like rustlers and thieves We died in your hills and we died on your deserts We died in your valleys, we died on your plains We died in your trees and we died in your bushes both sides of the river, we've died just the same Goodbye to my one, goodbye Rosalita 
Adios, mi amigos, Jesus y Maria. You won't have a name when you ride the big airplane. And all they will call you will be deportees. The skyplane caught fire over Los Gatos Canyon. Like a fireball of lightning, it shook all our hills. And who are these friends, oh, scattered like dry leaves? The radio says they are just deportees. Is this the best way we can grow our big orchards? Is this the best way we can grow our good fruit? To fall like dry leaves and rot on your topsoil And be known by no name except deportees Goodbye to my one, goodbye Rosalita Adios, mi amigos, Jesus y Maria You won't have a name when you ride the big airplane And all they will call you will be deportees You love your sweet country for all of your life Like your mother and father before you And the land runs deep, so deep in your blood Your flesh and your bone and your sinews Descendants and ancestors deep as it goes A relative circle as far as your eye It can all be undone in the flash of an instant Mechanical thunder that bruises the sky Bruises the sky Goodbye to my relatives All of my life Never again will I see You won't have a name When they fly the big airplanes Collateral damage Is all you will be All you will be From a faraway place where the language is strange They come with their angry machines And the clouds rain a metal that hurts when it falls And it shatters the ground, making everything scream And the children run crippled, the old people hide The babies are caught in the rubble debris But the strangers don't know you, you are only a number Underreported on color TV, color TV. Goodbye to my relatives all of my life. Never again will I see. You won't have a name when you hear the big airplanes. Collateral damage is all you will be, all you will be. Mother is more than a number to a baby who now has to grow up on its own. And a 
grandfather blinded and crippled at his age is more than just a statistical drone. All of these people are human, and humans are more than a footnote. This cynical language of killing is killing us, cut like a bone in humanity's throat. Humanity's throat. Goodbye to my relatives all of my life. Never again will I see. You won't have a name when they fly the big airplanes. Collateral damage is all you will be. All you will be. A ghost in the lonely wind blowing like shrapnel, the sound of the rain, and it's speaking a language you don't understand, but you know what it means just the same. There's no time for innocence, all of that's over now. Don't say that you didn't know when they come to collect for the damages owed, the collateral may be your own. Maybe you're wrong. Goodbye to my relatives all of my life. Never again will I see. You won't have a name when they fly the big airplanes. Collateral damage is all you will be. All you will be. Okay, Jim, we just gave everybody two very rich experiences. You based your song mm -hmm. on the uh, Arlo Guthrie piece, mm -hmm. and maybe you can explain the connection and how that all happened. Well, it was 2003, the uh, shock and awe thing that America did against Iraq, you know, and they were talking about, you know, civilian casualties, and they would refer to them as collateral damage. And... I mean, you know, you can't pay attention to everything in your life, so sometimes something seems new that really wasn't. But the first time I heard collateral damage was, I believe, in 1991, the uh, first Iraq war. And I thought, what? Collateral damage? They're not, this isn't collateral. The only, the only definition of collateral that I knew was if you... Uh, you know, if you needed money, you'd bring your guitar into the pawn shop and you'd pawn it and then they would hold the guitar as collateral while you used the money to pay the rent, which kind of, to me, meant, you know, that, you know, uh, if you can't get the actual rent money, then giving away your guitar will fill the hole, fill the void. It'll do. It'll do. So when you apply that to civilians, it's kind of like, well, if you can't get soldiers, civilians will do. And that seemed awfully cynical to me. And then a few years later, 2003, they're using it again. And I heard it again. And now I focused in on the second word, damage. 
you know, because I'm a guitar player and I travel around and I don't always have the best of guitar cases and sometimes things happen and the guitar gets damaged. It's not dead. It's damaged. You take it in and get it fixed. So to call them collateral is bad enough, but then to call them damaged when actually they're dead, that just like sent me over the edge. And I just, you know, I just, I, I, I thought of Woody Guthrie's song and he talked about how they were called deportees when they were put on the planes to fly home. So I wanted to talk about how they were called collateral damage when they were killed by the planes that flew overhead. I don't know, that's, that's how it came about. And it, it wound up having this majestic bass line thing that I did on the guitar. Um, it's got some really good lines in it and it's got some clunkers to me, but I just kept singing it the same way. There are things to come and things to pass Pure and simple made of glass to feed the future you weed through the past to make it fast make it last the time is now now is the time the time is now now is the time I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with Jim we've got a lot more coming from this wonderful artist in fact next week and likely the week after we will focus on jim page and his new record so before this one's done let's listen to at least one track from the new record this is called now is the time your job go to Bandcamp and buy yourself a copy of this marvelous new record from seattle's jim page one of the great folk singers in our nation again the record is available for sale now I will see you next week with more from Jim Page. You got eyes to see, you got ears to hear, and you know very well what's been happening here. Don't make light of the people's tears. Stand up and face your fears. Time is now. Now is the time The time is now Now is the time There was a time when the winter came All the world turned cold Will be a time when the spring arrives all the flowers and and the future belongs. Oh, the future belongs to the bold. Scary the noise and the dare So many millions arise everywhere Polish the glass, hold it up to the air Look in the reflection, you'll see yourself there The time is now Now is the time The time is now Now is the time 
land with the wind at our backs And we are the eye of the storm We look at the world and the world looks back And the drum beats a rhythm to warn That the future is just Oh, the future is just being born long ways away and it's stutter and spark fade and decay now the clocks are on fire at the edge of the day and we turn to each other and say the time is now now is the time the time is now now is the time has been a PJ DJ production.